Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about a big issue within our culture and our society. We're talking about the issue of anxiety, depression, and suicide and, and the impact that it has. And first, before we jump into the, our interview today, which you're, you're actually in for a treat because the, the person we're interviewing has an incredible story of of going through depression, anxiety, and, and coming out with uh, restoration and redemption. Uh, I'm excited that you get to hear that. But before that, we're going to set up this interview with some statistics about depression, anxiety, and, and suicide. So leading up to this podcast and preparing for it, we um, did some research on some um, local studies, some um, national studies, international studies even, and we just wanted to share some facts with you as we think about the subject of anxiety, depression, and suicide. So in a Tennessee study, um, in the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention um, tells us that on average, one person dies by suicide every eight hours in our state. Um, suicide is the third leading cause of death for ages 15 to 24, and it's the second leading cause of death for ages 25 to 34. Um, and then it tells us that over four times as many people died by suicide in Tennessee in 2017 than in alcohol-related motor vehicle accidents. The total deaths to suicide reflect a total of 22,849 years of potential life lost before the age of 65. And according to Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 32% of high school students experienced ongoing feelings of sadness or hopelessness, 17% that seriously consider attempting suicide, 14% actually made plans to do so, and 7% try to kill themselves. So Obviously, this is an incredibly big issue that, that as a church, we want to be proactive in equipping our, our parents to be able to have those conversations and take steps to help their kids. And today's interview is actually, you're going to be hearing from Katie Kuhn and Kathy Kuhn, her mom, but Katie is actually one of those found in that 14% where they actually made plans um, for suicide whenever she was around 13 or 14 years of age. So I want you to hear, we want, we want you to hear, hear their story today and be, be encouraged by it, not discouraged as we um, do the interview come alive in the hearts of your children. And my name is Chase, and here with me is Jennifer. We are your host for this podcast. And today, we are just scratching the surface on what has become such a huge issue in our society, in our culture. It's had a deep impact. And it's the issue of anxiety, depression, and, and suicide. Yeah, and we're thankful today to have some guests with us here that are going to share about their journey and how they walked through this together as a family. So we have a daughter and her mom. So I'd love for you guys to introduce yourselves. Well, first, thank you for having us. We are honored to yes. get to share our story. Um, my name is Katie Kuhn. I'm 20 years old, and I go to Mississippi State University in Starkville, Mississippi, and I'm studying education and policy. So this is my mom. I'm her mom, Kathy, um, and so thankful to to be here and to be able to share her journey and our journey mm -hmm. and um, all that the Lord has taught us and done in our lives through this. It's great. So Katie has a really incredible story to tell that we're so thankful we get to hear today and that um, our listeners and viewers get to hear as well. And so we want her to be able to tell that story, but we also want to hear the perspective from Kathy, from the parent perspective, um, as they walk through this together as a family and hear about what you learned and what um, wisdom that you can teach us as yeah. well. And this is this is not a new um, story, is not new to maybe a lot of 
parents that may be listening, this is represented in probably more than what we like to admit um, that are currently listening. And uh, many of probably these issues of anxiety, depression are things that maybe the kids in our church are struggling with. So we as a church, we want to be proactive in addressing these big issues of depression and anxiety, which leads to feeling of unworthiness in the next generation. So today, Katie, um, you actually journaled about this and you wrote a blog post. Um, was it 2017? You wrote a blog post about your journey with depression and anxiety. And as a, uh, maybe a difficult beginning, but, but has a story of restoration and you're continuing to walk through mm-hmm. these, these issues and just would love for us to start out today, you reading that story and rereading that blog post. So for all of our listeners, um, we're going to take just a moment and Katie's actually going to read her story, that blog post that she wrote in 2017. Would love for her to read it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Chase. This day, March 15th, makes this, marks a significant day for me. Today makes four years since the day I had planned to end my life. Throughout middle school, I struggled with an overwhelming sense of unworthiness and allowed the enemy's lies to creep into my heart and mind until I mistook them for truth. By this world's standards, it didn't make sense. I had an amazing childhood, a loving family, and many healthy friendships, but this went so much deeper than that. Satan loves to do these things when we aren't looking, when we're comfortable and confident. No earthly situation or seemingly good thing was powerful enough to heal my hurt. No quick Pinterest first or worship song could penetrate the enemy's lies. I was too weak to fight for myself and figured it would just be better to go home. I set March 15th, 2013 as the day I would end my own life. I finally shared this with someone and made her promise not to tell anyone. And hear me when I say this, I am so thankful that I had a friend who was willing to break my selfish trust and risk our friendship for the ultimate good of me and glory of God. Through some amazing sisters in Christ, biblical counseling, and many months of prayer, I began to heal. I began to see myself and others the way that God sees me. Most, the most important part of the whole thing, though, was that I realized how little I could do on my own. In the deepest, darkest place I could possibly find myself, only He was able to bring me back. Only He was sovereign enough to prove Himself bigger than my depression, bigger than my anxiety, bigger than my circumstance, and much bigger than the enemy's lies. I am so thankful for these past four years. I cherish them more than any others because I was so close to losing them. I am grateful for the opportunities the Lord has provided for me to share my brokenness and relate to others' hurt. I love that after all of it, I feel better equipped to speak truth into others and explain the redemption He gives. I firmly believe the life I have lived is enough because I have witnessed who He is, but I'm grateful for the days, months, and years ahead because I already have a lot to look forward to and I'm excited to walk with Jesus for however many more days he allows me here on earth. If I'm being honest, that time of incredible pain is the most significant part of my faith. He allowed me to see firsthand how powerful and good he is. Though he calls me new and born again, I still face those struggles because the enemy still wants to wage war on my soul. To tell you I'm completely doubt-free today would be a lie. Like most people, I still deal with insecurity and even moments of self-hatred, but now I know that God is who I run to for comfort. I don't believe in Jesus because I was raised in church or because I have amazing God-fearing role models or because I've never known anything else. I believe in Jesus because I have seen for myself that his hands could hold me in the depths of the valley and turn someone who was absolutely broken into someone who desires him more and more every morning. Wow. Um... 
you know, you read you reading that story, it's hard not to get emotional. Mm -hmm. I know for for mom, it's probably really hard. I know uh, for dad too, and and it's really an incredible story of God's grace Absolutely. in your life. And we do have a few questions. I, I think this for us this this spurs on a couple of questions for us that we want to ask you to help us process through how you know what happens in the life of a student. Uh, a teenager or young adult uh, with these with these thoughts and feelings of anxiety and depression, and what do we do um, to help be proactive in those cases? So, you mentioned that um, growing up, yeah, obviously we know your parents, you have your parents that love Jesus and that are passionate about Jesus and knowing Him. When did you begin to struggle? When did you sense that? What were the leading factors in those feelings? When did you begin to sense it? Yeah, good question. Um, that's a loaded question, and there's so many layers to it. And I look back, and I, and it's hard to pinpoint what what exactly led to it. It's such a deeply spiritual thing. Um, I do think we we moved when I was in fifth grade. We moved states, and so I think part of it you know, might have started there a little bit, at least socially. I mean, it's already hard for a middle schooler to adjust. And yeah. so I think that was difficult. Um, just going through the rhythms and navigating through adolescence is always difficult, mm -hmm. especially in our day and age. And um, the prevalence of how digitally connected we are and um, just a constant feeling of unworthiness and um, like my life is not living up to what everybody else seems to be doing. Um, when in reality, those are rose colored glasses. Those are not right. accurate depictions of other people's lives. Um, but I mentioned a lot in that blog, the enemy's lies. And I really think more than anything, um, he was trying to get me to mistake um, lies for truth, honestly. And um and in retrospect, I think it came down to having a very small view of God mm -hmm. and a very big view of the struggles and the and the people and the situations of what was right in front of me on this earth. And I couldn't see I couldn't see past it. And and that's a lot of what um, depression and anxiety are like. Yeah. You can't you can't see out of this this pit in that moment. Um, and so it takes perseverance. But there were a lot of factors, I would say, that led to it. During that time, why why would you say for you and maybe for others that are walking through that, why do you think it was hard for you to confide in your parents? Um, two reasons come to mind when you ask that. The first is I could I could only imagine the two knee jerk reactions that um, a parent would have when their child tells them something like that. Um, number one, they feel like it's their fault and they feel like um they have done something inadequately as a parent that they could have stopped it if they loved Jesus more or if they taught their kid more about faith. Mm -hmm. And what I think is so important to share about my story is that just wasn't the case. Um, I mean, of course, parents are not perfect, but um, but you also are not the sovereign God. And so and knowing that my parents that naturally that would be a knee jerk reaction when your child's struggling like I there was some lack of love or some lack of care and protection in our home, but that wasn't the case. Um, and so I didn't want them to feel like that. And then the second one is kind of similar, but I knew as a parent, they would feel just hopeless to fix it. Um, because just like I said, they're not, they're not God. And so, um, it just takes faith and it takes fight and it takes, 
prayer. Um, and there are a lot of things, there's a lot of impact that parents and community and friends can have. So, and I don't want to belittle that at all, but at the end of the day, um, the best thing we can do is, is trust the Lord. And so I think that's what the hesitation, where that came from was that it, that's just a helpless feeling as a parent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Kathy, I'm glad that you you joined us for this podcast because I think it's healthy to get your perspective too as y'all walk through this together. And and during this season with Katie, um, did y'all sense anything? You know, what what's um, what was was there anything off? Could you put your finger on something if you were to go back and say, oh, that well maybe um, because you're trying to d- differentiate between okay, these are just normal teenage years. They're just doing the, their thing. It's their struggles. And then there's the, oh, wait, this may be something a little more. Well, how did you process? And how you- um, at first, when we first got um, a phone call, which was from our youth pastor, we were um, we were very shocked. And just this, that can't be, that this can't be a way that she's feeling. And, um, and we didn't see it, but I do think looking back, we thought that what she was going through, we thought was just a typical middle school, um, and maybe even middle school girl, just kind of maneuvering through living in a new, um, you know, in a new state, in a new town, finding her way through friend groups, finding her place and her talents and her gifts. And looking back, um, I can see times where she would have maybe retreated more, Mm -hmm. um, that we could have maybe paid attention to that more, but we really, we really were shocked. Um, and we really didn't see it. Right. And I guess that's healthy for the parent who's listening to, to, to know Mm -hmm. is that sometimes it's, it's really hard. And that's why, um, even in those, whatever season, whatever phase of life that you're in, um, that it's, to be intentional about certain mm-hmm. conversations because you're right, because you, you seem, everything seemed to be fine. Everything mm-hmm. seemed to be normal as, as you would say. And the reality is that sometimes our, our kids may be experiencing something within that they just can't express and, and tr- trying to figure out ways to kind of uh, break through the barrier, so to speak, and not, not assume because I'm terrible at assuming. I know I am. And, and it's just that, that additional, Hey, I need to, to figure out how to, how to step into this without even knowing what this is, you know, if that makes sense, like, you know, um, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I'm so thankful that you did eventually confide in somebody. Cause I know it was hard Absolutely. to talk to your parents about it. So I love that you wrote, you know, praise God that the friend did say something and broke my trust because that was the most important Mm -hmm. moment to do that. Um, So can you tell us why, why of course that was so important, but that Mm -hmm. friend and that friend group, what did that mean to you during that time and and going forward too? how has that impacted you? Um, I'll say for me, a a big part of a lot of my spiritual walk, not just this time, but especially through this uh, valley, I was super plugged into my church. um, And I think that's, a number one, that sounds like such a cliche answer, but it's so important um, to have mm-hmm. Christ exalting um, people in your life. And, and that, and, and I think it was through the help of not only my best friend and my peers, but also other um, older women and role models that were not my parents. Um, even though my parents are 
great sources of truth and I can trust them. Um, in adolescence, it's the reality is your kids are not always going to go to you, sure. you know? And so to have that community, um, and I really think it comes down to having, to understanding the just very basic biblical truth that we were not created to do alone. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not created for isolation. And in fact, the isolation just breeds more, um, depression breeds more, um, mental struggles. And so to have a friend that was like, and she, and at the time she didn't even tell me she was going to confront our pastor, but she did confront our pastor who, who talked to my parents, who gave us references for a counselor. And, um, gosh, I, you can't put into words how valuable that is. And it makes you, um, much more aware as a friend when you've been through that, when you've had a friend like that. Um, I just want to be more like that to my friends, you know, yeah. to be willing to say this, you need help, whether Absolutely. you know it or not, you know. Absolutely. Um, and I love the fact that you said, hey, she was willing to sacrifice even our friendship yeah. Yeah. for the sake of your yeah. well-being and and for ultimately God's glory. Right. Um, and, and for Kathy, for you, um, tell us why this friend group is so important from a parent perspective mm-hmm. as uh, obviously it's huge for you. But uh, tell us a little bit about, about that. It's, it is hard to even articulate how incredibly grateful we are um, for that group of friends that she's had. And she still has this, uh, precious friend is still in her life today. And, um, we're just, um, at that age, a middle school girl to be willing to say, we need, we need to tell someone because you need to get some help Mm -hmm. and, um, to have an eighth grade girl to point your daughter to Christ, um, and to speak truth Mm -hmm. in her life. And, um, and we, we have always said that if, if our children, if there's something that they can't talk to us about, that we want them to be surrounded by peers. We want them to be surrounded by godly leaders. We want them to be, to have mentors, um, female, male for our sons, mentors in their life that we know that when they're struggling, that they're going to point them to Christ and they're going to point them to scripture. And, um, God, God surrounded her with that biblical community. He surrounded us with the biblical community as we kind of maneuvered through walking alongside her and um, the church and pastor just pointed us to resources so that we could get her connected to counseling. And it was, it was a journey, but it was a tribe. It it was a beautiful tribe um, that, that we had the opportunity to walk with during this time. That's great. I mean, that's, that's the goal of the the church. That's the, one of the purposes of the church is that we support each other as we walk through these different seasons and having a community Mm -hmm. um, that will be able to uh, lift you up when you, maybe you can't do it yourself is really important. And maybe those people that are willing to speak out on your behalf whenever you're not willing to speak out is super important. Talk about your your involvement with church. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we firmly believe in and we want to continue to press in on, on parents is to get them, get your kiddos involved with a faith community, a community that, a, a, a community of, of peers their own age that, um, with the, align with the same beliefs that you believe and are willing to, to tell you some truth, mm-hmm. but also having um, the other the other side of that is having adult leaders in your life other than parents that you can confide in, right? To have another voice, um, to be able to maybe say the same things that parents are saying, mm-hmm. but they're hearing it in a different way, right? So I think this community yeah. is so important. And how valuable to start that 
young to where when a problem arises or something happens in your family, oh, we got to go to church because something's happening, but to have already started right. that to where it's already the norm for your family. And Katie already had that group of friends. She already had those people surrounding her that she was able to talk to. Mm. That's just such a blessing and just very impactful for me as a parent too, to remember how valuable that circle is for our kids. Um, so Katie, you've, uh, you were saying that you've learned a lot of things, not about just how others see you like that circle of friends and the people Mm -hmm. around you, but really about how God sees you. Mm -hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that transformation in your thought processes and your thought process and how that's really impacted your life now? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. Um, I think it's really beautiful the way that, um, the Bible works in the way that salvation works. Um, especially when we look at justification, it's unlike any man-made religion that you see. And that from the start, God says, this is who you are, regardless of what you've done, regardless of, um, what it looks like right now, this is who you are in, in relation to me mm-hmm. and in Jesus Christ. And, um, and so I think part of working through anything, anything, but especially this, um, is to see what does scripture say that I am? And then how do I, where do I go from there? Mm. Um, And not in a way of like, I need to work up some magic strength or some peace in myself or some patience in myself or just smooth myself, soothe myself of this anxiety. But, but to say, what am I already? How does the Lord see me? Um, And, and then see what that looks like in our life and where we go. Mm. Um, I think one place in particular that is, is very helpful for, any type of struggle and suffering is the Psalms. Um, I'm looking at Psalm 56 and 57 right here. When I'm afraid, I trust in you and God, whose word I praise and God, I trust. I will not fear. Um, be gracious to me, God, be gracious to me for I take refuge in you. Mm-hmm. I seek refuge in the shadow of your wings until danger passes. And how powerful for um, those of us who tend to think that Christians have it all together. Mm -hmm. How powerful to look at any of the men and women of the Bible who, um, who did not have it all together, but who were being slowly, um, sanctified and becoming more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, and those times to be able to go here to objective truth, um, and yes, have friends that can speak truth, but if you don't go here, I urge people to go to the word, um, and to look at, Romans chapter eight has been super influential. Nothing can separate us from the love of the Lord. And, um, and there's just so much encouragement. It doesn't seem like encouragement, but in the new Testament, we look at we're promised suffering. And, um, and when you know that from the get go, it helps you, it helps you to expect it and to know what to do when you get there. Um, and so, yes, I learned a lot about what the Lord said about me, but I also learned a lot about who he is. Like I said before, I had a, I had a small view of God and and I'll probably look mm-hmm. in 10 years, I hope, and think I have a small view of God now compared to then. But I can look back and say, um, I learned a lot about who he is as a father and a comforter and um, a mighty king. And, um, and I also learned the objective truth about what was coming from the enemy and what was coming from the Lord because he knows scripture too and he can yeah. twist it. Um, so that's my answer of, that's my long answer of what I learned about who I am and who the Lord is, is, um, through this book he's given us. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. She's a college student. Y'all. I, know. I, was, I was sitting here thinking that the whole time too. It's just amazing. Your spiritual maturity, where you are at your age, it really is. It's incredible. Um, so Kathy, um, I want you to speak from you and Scott's perspective mm-hmm. and, 
it was a difficult season. And what was the Lord doing in you and you and Scott and your journey? Um, so much, <laughs> so much through um, that season and ongoing seasons. I think one of the two, I would say two big things. Um, one is that we can look back on it and see, yes, it is our role to disciple our children. Like we are the, the primary disciple makers in our home. Um, but that also, it also works <laughs> in a way that knowing that we have to yield our children to the Lord mm -hmm. and that um, it's about their personal relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And to be able to look back and say that as hard as that was, that we're incredibly thankful for that time, for all that God has taught her, all that God has taught us and depressing into what does scripture say and who is God and who are we in him and because of him. And she has taught us so much about, um, there, there's a scripture passage in second Corinthians and it's one of my favorites when I look back on this season in that we have the opportunity to walk alongside other people and to share our journey and to share what God has done in our lives and to offer them the comfort that we received from God because he's the God yeah. of compassion and the God of comfort. And she so boldly was willing to do that even before we were to be able to share her story and to be able to share what God was doing in our life. And we just look, look at her and, and have learned so much from her relationship with the Lord. And the other piece is to be able to look back and know that when trials do come now, that we can rejoice in the midst of suffering, in the midst of affliction, and know that that produces endurance. Um, and we know that if something produces endurance, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult, but we know that that also be builds growing us in Christ-likeness. Um, and that's where we, we have the hope because of Christ. And to be able to look back on past experiences and say, you know what? God was there and God was present and he was so faithful and he gave us the strength to be able to persevere through that time. And so when the next thing comes along, we have that to look back on and know that that's the same God. Then that's the same God that we have now. Yeah, that's awesome. Katie, you say that the incredible pain was one of the most significant parts of your faith. Right. Tell us more about, about that statement and why you said that. Yeah. Um, it goes back to a lot of what my mom just said, um, and what we see in the lives of people we know in the faith of even people that are strong in their faith. Um, and, in our, and in our lives, anybody who's been walking with the Lord for what, however, however long can, can tell you, um, it's not all, um, rainbows and sunshine. Um, but the Lord produces endurance, produces character, produces hope in us through those things. Um, and we do have a God who makes a lot of promises to us that mm -hmm. are all yes in Christ. And um, and the promise is not that you will walk through the rest of your life um, with no sickness and no struggle and no suffering and no trials. Um, in fact, we're promised, like I said earlier in, in the New Testament, that there will be suffering. Everybody who walks with, with Jesus, you don't have to seek it out. It will happen um, because we live in a, still, a, a sin and broken world um, filled with sin. And so I think the question for anybody listening and for um, parents is, is not the question is not will suffering come? The question is, what am I going to do when it gets here? Um, 
And, and are you going to choose to fight um, like the father in Mark chapter nine, who mm-hmm. has the son who is sick and, um, and all he can say to Jesus in that moment is, I believe, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. And um, we look at Peter, who's on in the storm and walking on these waves, and he wants to do what Jesus is doing. He wants to trust and he wants to walk on water. And when his eyes divert and look at what's going on around him, um, and when they're only seeing suffering, he starts to sink. Um, and so are we going to people who going to be people who like Peter, when the pain does come, mm-hmm. look at Jesus and, and learn to learn to have faith and learn to walk on water. And I don't want to, when I say these things, I don't want to minimize the fact that we are, um, holistic people We're mind, body and spirit. And, and there's a role that, um, that physical exercise plays there's a role that, um, relationships play and even medication in some situations mm-hmm. play. Um, but I, I do think at the heart of it, um, we need a more clearer view of who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is. Um, and we need to, to expect that suffering will come. It doesn't mean that everybody will deal with this exact thing, but a lot of us do, like you said. Um, and so it's a question of what am I going to trust in that moment? Mm -hmm. Um, what's the truth that I'm going to, that I'm going to cling to? I love that you mentioned other ways, <clears throat> other resources and things that we can yeah. do to help us when we're walking through mm-hmm. some of those valleys that we go through. And so, Kathy, you're a, a counselor now, which is awesome. Um, and I know after walking through this, I'm I'm guessing that you came across some resources and some, some things that helped you guys through this and helped you as a parent to Katie. Um, so what would you say to the parents that um, maybe need some encouragement right now, or how would you help equip them if they're walking through this or starting to ask questions about what do I, what do, I do if my child is starting to say these things or feel this way, or I, I'm, I'm wondering how to support my kiddo? What would you say to those parents right now? I would say um, that it's okay. It's good to seek out um, help from your your church community. You need those people to walk alongside you. Um, it's okay. It's a good thing to seek out counseling and um, counseling that that points your children and points you to the word. And um, there's so many resources that our church can offer, um, you know, to make sure that your children are surrounded by um biblical community. Make sure you're surrounded Mm -hmm. by biblical community and you have those people to walk alongside you, to pray with you, to spend time talking about the word of God with your, with your children, asking them how they're doing, like pressing in um, a little bit deeper when you see that, that something might not be going quite right um, and letting them know that you're there, that Mm -hmm. you're not going anywhere, that you love them and you support them and that you're not shocked in a way that that you're you're not disappointed in them that you know that they're struggling and you're there for them to walk alongside them Mm, so good um kathy thank you so much for sharing um your story katie thank you so much for sharing your story today um man i I think this is needed this is such um a big issue we're only scratching the surface right but but we want to be proactive as a church so thank you so much for sharing your story i believe it's going to help so many of our parents just Mm -hmm. either begin the conversation there we have may have parents that are right in the middle 
of, of these types of conversations. We pray that for you, a parent that are that it's out there, we pray that this has been an encouraging podcast for you. And, and know this, we're going to attach some resources that's going to um, hopefully best equip you to take that your next steps or whatever that could be, whether that's a counseling center, online resources, it'll be attached to our podcast or to, to our parenting website. So thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you, Coos. Yes, thank you.